0: Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode
1: do the pre-records I always use the line of it's pre-recorded so anything that you're not happy about then tough um, <laughs> and when you don't laugh at that point then you know it's going to be a tough interview and then the other one is we can always take it out Aye. for a small thing and I
0: do it's a very casual start as well okay. there's no like formal introduction although I will say that I am here at BFBS radio station with the lovely Mark McKenzie who I've known for a while. I say this in every <laughs> point this is literally how I start every podcast, but I have known you for a while. I think I was first here maybe in about two thousand and thirteen mark. Or-
1: I think it might have been earlier than do that because so it was it was back in the Garrison Radio days before we became BFBS. Wow, BS. right, okay. So and it would have been certainly before we be, uh, before the Edinburgh Armed Forces Day, which I think was around right about two thousand and twelve, if I yes, remember correctly. Yes, because we
0: met that day, and I have, yeah. a, I actually have a, a picture of us backstage at that. That was a brilliant event. I'm
1: not going to ask where you keep that picture. <laughs> where do you keep that picture? <laughs>
0: <laughs> on the old Facebook of course oh, I was going to say on old was actually accusing me of not being of dissing you on Facebook but I genuinely have not
1: <laughs> you have that not defended me me on
0: Facebook I, I genuinely didn't but yeah you're yeah, right that was probably that was when Edinburgh were the host city that's then right. for, for Armed Forces Day, and yeah. we've been lucky ever since to be involved.
1: Because in we, you were involved in Stirling as well. Yes, right, which yeah. was. You, have you seen the theme with the Armed Forces Days in Scotland mm. and it's always torrential rain? Because <laughs> it certainly was in Edinburgh and again in Stirling. So, and, so, I, and just to clear up the Facebook yes. thing, somebody had tagged you in it, and I thought, oh, that's Lisa, she's my friend. Yeah. And, then, and then I hovered oh, the mouse hovered over your name, and it was like, ad friend? And I thought, oh. oh you,
0: yeah. so you were a cupcake friend. Well, you me, Kennedy <laughs> as friend, you can tell. Well, definitely more a cupcake <laughs> friend these days Me too, me too <laughs> So we have known each other for a while Through yeah. our dance troupe but, um,
1: That makes it sound like I'm part of the dance troupe Anyone that knows me yeah. knows that, that couldn't be any further <laughs> <You> <laughs> removed Not at all,
0: of course yeah But you, as I said before we started recording You were on my mind as soon as I started The Brawn the Brave You just get a good energy from somebody And that day that we met you at Armed Forces Day I was just like, Mark, he's good people You're definitely bra brave material, and hence why I'm here today. (laughs) Lesson learned. (laughs) (laughs) And I've just been privy to the expertise of running a radio station just when I arrived. You were just casually like. You know, pre-recording some stuff
1: when i, I watch you i'm like mm, i've got a lot to learn well, <laughs> i think we've all got to a lot to learn I, you know i've been doing this uh for over 30 years and wow. uh, yeah i know Jeez, i know wait. don't ask what age i started that uh, but yeah no 30 years and you've got to you've got to keep learning you know and i think you just got to keep watching and and for me it's never take it for granted mm-hmm. never ever take it I, i've never thought right that'll do that's good enough It has to be the best that you can do at that. You'll have good days and you'll have bad days, but um, if you can't give can't give your best each time you're doing it, then what are you doing it for?
0: So why did you do
1: Uh, best job in the world? Um, I was nine years old not when I started by the way that would be a blatant <laughs> lie in the days when you had to write in there was no emails Remember there was, wow. in fact there's probably not even computers you were lucky there was radios mm-hmm. um, and Radio 4th the local radio station used to do a birthday spot and my, uh, my birthday request was read out by uh, Mike Scott who was a breakfast presenter at the time cool. and I thought hey that sounds that sounds like it could be fun. And actually, that's been the theme for much of my, my life. I've, I've seen somebody or I've watched something happening mm-hmm. and thinking, hmm, that'd be quite good. Never, ever thinking that it could possibly happen. And, and nine times out of ten, it has, you know. So I've been really, really lucky. It didn't happen overnight because there weren't many jobs mm. back then uh, for nine-year-olds uh, in <laughs> in radio. Uh, and actually, back then, almost as we're now, it's almost gone full circle, there weren't that many jobs in radio, because uh, Radio 4th wasn't FM and AM, it was, but there was only uh, one presenter on both those stations, and those presenters have been there for years yeah, and years. The yeah. So, yeah, that was it. Nine years old, I thought, oh, wow. getting to radio. Um, didn't happen overnight. I, I left school, I n- not having done very well. Uh, and when these exam results come out, as I have done recently for a lot of people, when they've not done well, I always say, well, could be what, you know. Yeah, I'm a I mean, great example the of it. You know,
0: and that doesn't mean yeah. you're doomed no, <laughs> by I, any means.
1: And I think, you know, I, I was told at school that I was easily distracted. And... Um, Sorry, uh, and that's never that that's, that's never really changed. Yeah. And I was easily distracted by the radio, and I was easily distracted by the music. And I, I had this mm. passion for music. Now, I cannot sing a note. People say there's no such thing as tone deaf. Hello, uh, I am uh, classed as tone deaf, which you is
0: prove that. Well, no, no <laughs>
1: which is the biggest frustration. Right, you know because because I'd like to be able to st- would I'd sing.
0: I-, I would love to. I think to- you should just sing anyway. Yeah, well
1: I do, but Good. I only offend myself when I That's do it and I make sure you know <laughs> that, that that is the case. Um, so with that love for music and information, yes. I-, I then decided that you know, I was going to start doing mobile discos. Um, which I did. And all the time chipping away I was I started doing hospital radio and typical True. me I didn't just do one night. I ended up acting station manager and being up five nights a week after work. Uh, I went into the Bank of Scotland, um not as a customer, I said no wonder did Um <laughs> went into the Bank of Scotland and I only got in and I can I think I can safely say this now I only got in there because my dad was doing pretty well on the bank at the time and he may have put in a good word <laughs> and opened opened, opened a few doors. That. I hated it. I absolutely hated it. Um, and I hated it because I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. And what I wanted to do was be on the radio. And uh, I just I, I kept chipping away, doing the hospital radio, doing uh, working in the bank, the weekends doing the mobile discos, um, and then bizarrely landed, uh, and we go back to the part where you said, where I, where I said, I've been lucky thinking mm. that sounds like good fun or that'd be good to do. I uh, ended up with a job at Tynecastle as the stadium announcer. Um, yeah. And that was a, a phone call out the blue. I was a Hearts, I was a hearts fan. Um, one of my friends who worked at Radio 4th at that point had uh, had a phone call uh, from the chairman saying, would he do it or did he know somebody that would really? and he said well I've got this, uh, this uh, friend who does hospital radio might be good and I did that job for what 13 years
0: wow, um, long before that. I started
1: in professionally yeah, in yeah. radio um, so, yeah, but I used to, I mean, back when I was at school, I used to write into the radio stations in the days, again, when you used to have to write in, so the late night shows okay. and all of that. So I think I was always, and there was a, a buzz, there was, mm. there, there was a buzz about radio, but there was a buzz about getting your your letters read out or just your favourite songs yeah, played. Absolutely. You know, And I, I, again, remember, it feels like we're going back centuries here, <laughs> but there was a time in life when you couldn't just go on your phone and pick any song in the world no. and hear it, you had to either physically go and buy that song, which wasn't as easy as it is now either, or you had to get it played on the radio, so I was I always hearing little snippets of songs thinking, wow you know, and I, I mean somebody born in 68, so I'll date myself straight away, <laughs> um, I love the music of the 60s uh-huh. um, and the 50s actually as well, so a lot of Buddy Holly uh, the Beatles, I remember writing in to Radio 4th to ask them to play Penny Lane because I hadn't heard it a lot, and I'd heard it, and I thought, "Oh, no!" And the only way I could think of to hear it again was to right so, write in. So
0: things have moved on so quickly. Be, yeah, Is and technology has
1: has done that. You know, you want to hear yeah. it now; it'll take but us three seconds. But there's something
0: seconds. just beautiful about that. Like I remember putting the tape in for the charts yeah. on Sunday and trying to trying <laughs> not to record it. the announcer, <laughs> trying to get the song. Just to the very end before somebody would speak, and then hope that the
1: tape wouldn't get tangled and Aye. mangled, and uh, yeah, and
0: making mixtapes and taping yeah. over stuff and recording and then, your voice, and, and, and the
1: trick of just uh, turning it back half a notch before you hit the record yes. so that it joined up and doing mixtapes ah. in a day when we didn't know what a mixtape was, it was just no. a cassette that Aye. we did with our with our favourite songs, and just
0: to think that, like you say, it wasn't that long, yeah. but there's something, I miss about that. And I guess vinyls and stuff are coming back and they're kind of trained, you
1: yeah. know. Look at Spotify, for mm. example, now where you can do your own playlists. Yeah. So that's your mixtape, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Just, it's absolutely. just on a different yeah, yeah. form. And I mean, the worry is for me, if Spotify stops tomorrow, then I'm screwed because <laughs> I, all the records, you know, I collected I, my pocket money and my early wages went mm. on, on vinyl and then of course CD comes in yes. and the vinyl gets uh, moved to the yeah, side totally. and I ended up donating a, a huge chunk, um, family circumstances meant we didn't have the space uh, to keep my, my record collection and to be honest with you, I was never going to listen to it because mm-hmm. I had Spotify. Mm-hmm. So I donated a lot to, to hospital radio. Uh, and then, of course, vinyl came back in again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before this, we'd had conversations, and I had conversations with various uh, secondhand record shops. Uh, bearing in mind that buying those uh, the vinyl at a time could be anything from um, a couple of quid, up to 10 quid mm. and they're saying we'll give you a penny a unit you know and I'm thinking well I'd actually rather give <laughs> <Just> it away <laughs> yes. than the, give it to you so <laughs> you can so do, it, actually, to do the markup mark yeah <laughs> uh, so I kept a handful of records uh, and aye. the great thing is my daughter who's uh, 7 now uh, still loves to and there's that whole thing and I'm sure that a lot of the other uh, folk you've spoken to mm. uh, when they talk about vinyl in particular it's they're putting that record yes, the, tangible, the needle on you it do. You, and you set and you, this is where I got easily distracted you sit and you look at the record sleeve you've got the lyrics on it yes. they're there you've got the duration you've got the publisher you've got the writer oh and that's God. that guy wrote that song and that song mm. and that song you don't ever really get into no. that now no unless
0: you go down a Google yeah. hole <laughs> <laughs> which well, well, is it, no sorry? no <laughs> Although
1: YouTube, um, one of my guilty pleasures uh-huh. and easy distractions, is yes. if you uh, Daryl's house, for example. You're familiar with Daryl's house. No. no. Okay. So Daryl Hall of uh-huh. Hall Hollow Notes uh, has this uh, house party, effectively, which is a TV show, but it's only on. I think it's only on is YouTube. Is it in a barn? it's kind of in a barn but My it's his house right? This. Okay, well, now yes. you're making me feel really old thanks no, Lisa but he, no, no, I'm no, no, glad no. you came <laughs> no 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 but as big music fans a big yeah.
0: music family well, I know exactly what you're talking so, about
1: so the joy of that is it's him and he invites mm-hmm. guests in yes. and he sang one of his songs and then one of the guest songs yes, together and so exactly you have to it what you're seen. talking about now. Uh, and then the danger of doing that though is that you then spin off onto something else and then something else and then something else. But that's brilliant because you're just learning ah, new new songs yeah, yeah. and rediscovering old songs Absolutely. as well. So, so in the bank. Yeah.
0: Doing the hospital radio. Doing hospital in
1: the radio evening, in the evenings. DJ and DJing at the weekend. Um, so, my Saturday, my, my weekends, and when I think of it now, I get shocked just thinking about it. But <laughs> I would finish work on the bank on the Friday night. I would go out and do a mobile disco, so maybe a wedding, anniversary, whatever. Uh, Saturday, I'd be working at Tyne Castle during the day. Saturday evening, I would go and do a wedding or mm-hmm. whatever again. Uh, Saturday night, 2 till 6, 2 a.m. till 6 a.m., I would go into Radio Fourth. And it was back in the day where they had the Superstation. And the Superstation was one of the first network things. Oh, if we would known how it was going to go. Uh, but, uh, so you'd have uh, Jonathan Ross uh, in his very early days, Ruby Wax, people like that, all down in Manchester. Right. And they were playing and chatting and they were going through mm. the night. But because it was syndicated and because it was early in technology, they needed somebody physically to sit and play in the commercial breaks. So at four o'clock in the morning, I was the one fedding up the, the news and doing okay. the local jingles and doing all of that. So you do that till six o'clock in the morning, go home, sleep, a pub gig DJing on a Sunday night and then back to work on the Monday wow. morning. Uh, so I hated the bank and the bank didn't particularly like me either <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was there
0: a bit of falling asleep at your desk? <laughs> well, there was, uh, You know
1: I, and again we're back in the days when most of it was manual uh, mm. you know I remember sitting in the bank for example and for three months so West End Branch in Bank of uh, Scotland was the West End of Princess Street I think it's now Boots the Chemist uh, and they had what they call the machine room and in the machine room two people would manually process every single cheque so Lisa your sort code and the amount and then put it through and do all of that. Those cheques then needed to be filed mm-hmm. in old cabinet drawers wow. and you would sit and I sat next to her and um, I was going to say I don't know what's happened to Betty but I suspect given the age she was then and how many she smoked today, I know exactly what's happened to Betty uh, but I was sit, sit next to, to Betty who's who'd been there for about 30 years mm-hmm. at that point and she's sitting smoking about a bit of foot away, you just it is of a different time, it's like I grew isn't up nice. in the in Dickens time to be honest with you and then Gosh. you would take the checks when the statements came out and you'd Aye. put the checks in with the statements am I boring you yet? No like, oh, it's just I'm getting, getting flashbacks <laughs> this is like therapy I'm so impressed you started you know it's embedded and then so I, post the statements out and you Gosh. used to get your checks sent back Aye. I mean this is before tripping pin however you know <laughs> so Man, um, yeah so so you
0: didn't love that I didn't really (laughs) love
1: that and then you obviously
0: just had the drive for more radio for doing what you love you know you're making a wage you're working full time you could have probably have just packed in the rest of the extracurricular
1: stuff. Yeah, I, well I could have I stuck at the bank and could have um, been made redundant half a dozen times, whereas I went into radio and was made re- redundant half a dozen times. So <laughs> the, it's, joy, uh,
0: the joy yeah, of adulting. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but um, just the passion was obviously
1: there that it you was,
0: were willing to do all but,
1: that. And at that and, point and I, was, I was doing demo tapes right, right left okay. and centre. There's somewhere yeah. uh, in some sort of recycling um, centre, there's probably at least 20 cassettes from, uh, from Mark looking for a job in radio, really? uh, all to Radio 4th and all coming back with different advice. And what used to frustrate me, and everybody will associate with this if they've tried to do something in performing arts perhaps, <laughs> is um, I would get this feedback. So I would act on the feedback and I would then do the next demo tape the way that it was done. You then switch on the radio and hear the guy that was on making exactly the mistake that yeah. you had been knocked back for. Totally,
0: uh, And that
1: cycle went on for mm-hmm. ages. I then escaped the bank to everyone's relief. Um, <laughs> And my mum and dad were, were, were absolutely brilliant because they'd said, listen, if something comes up, if there was um, a course or something that, w- that you could go on, then we would help support you, which was great. know, yeah, well, bearing yeah, in mind so that, this, that was, this was the career that my, my, my dad had yeah. done. So an HNC in radio broadcasting uh, came up, and it was the second year of it. So I did that and did that for three months mm-hmm. and then chucked it because by that point, I had a full-time job through the night on Radio 4th. I was doing one till six in the morning, initially two nights a week. That went up to five nights. I was trying to do the uh, college course in Rothis and broadcast at Radio 4th at the same time. (laughs) Uh, And I think the the, the day that I was going back from college and the cat's eyes woke me up on the 4th Road Bridge. That was the time to go, do you know what? You can get the qualifications that you want, but in this job, it's the experience, I'm doing it. I'm I'm, I'm
0: actually in it.
1: Yeah, so I did overnights mm. for, for about a year which was great because it's a fantastic place to make your mistakes and genuinely okay. you know there's not an apprenticeship as such because you're either on the radio or you're not mm. so you go on the radio and you and i guess i've done hospital radio this would this was the next, yeah, step, next up. step up i did that for about a year and then moved to to early uh, to late evenings which was was great fun, mm. you know, uh, ten at night to one in the morning, <laughs> and you you built up a a listenership there as well. We did lots of phone ins, competitions, yeah. all of that sort of stuff. You know, well.
0: just having to play the stuff that you don't want to play. Like people are well, requesting things, and because like, I guess that's maybe the the kind of fairy
1: tale idea of radio? Yeah um, most radio stations I would say almost all Mm -hmm. now have pretty strict um, playlists Mm -hmm. and uh, I mean here at BFBS we're told what to play. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of, if the boss is listening to this there's a little bit of flexibility and we would never ever abuse that. So I can move, uh, manipulate the playlist uh, slightly. There's Mm -hmm. more music per hour than I need to play so if there's a song that doesn't fit then I don't necessarily need to Go play yeah. it. Working somewhere like Radio 4th, you start with the first song and you finish with the last song and you Go work yeah. your way through. Okay. Uh, and it is very formatted mm. in that way. And th- I'm not saying that's right, I'm not saying that's wrong. This it's really the way that it's done. And uh, clearly big companies like that spend a lot of money doing the research and getting the information and know exactly you know, yeah. why they're doing it. Um, the, the problem with presenters picking their own music is uh, and I speak as someone who, when I was doing overnights, I would have what, what we called um, free play. Mm. So you could play whatever what's you want, like? you know. Um, <laughs> but it was balanced also with uh, the, the format too. So you'd mm. maybe play four songs and then a couple of your own songs and then another. So you're always trying to find songs that were off off yes. the playlist yeah, because because yeah, yeah. what's the I, point of playing something you're going to play? Again. Which I think is nice mm-hmm. if the listeners like it. Um, you know, And I have always programmed by gut Yeah, Joe Dolce, shut up your face, made number one Doesn't make it a better song Than all the songs <laughs> yes, uh-huh. that, that didn't So think you about
0: know, everyone Bra- So not just Brown me. Eyed Girl uh,
1: Van Morrison didn't make the top 40 But Joe Dolce Keeps Ultravox Vienna off the number one spot There you are, that, that's mm. where we're at with music
0: Exactly
1: best thing about music is uh, Not everybody likes everything The worst thing about music is not everybody likes everything. So you can't keep so all the true. people. Yeah? so true. I remember, uh, I remember covering the country show, uh, and I think one of the one of the things I learned quite early in in radio was be open to to doing other things and don't go. Well, I can't do classical, or I can't do mm. uh, country, and I can't do this because I don't know it or I don't like it. It was a good bit of advice that I got really early on. Was do your research and then when you open that, that fader to start the song uh, and the record starts going round it doesn't matter whether it's ACDC or Beethoven You know, as long as you know when it ends and you can sound slightly knowledgeable about it <laughs> does it matter? Are they no. paying you for it? Are you, gonna, are you bringing your enthusiasm to yeah. it? Yes, we're all more enthusiastic about something that we love of course um, and you don't
0: need to yeah. absolutely love every no. song that you play
1: no. I, and I remember doing the country show and I played Kenny Rogers does it get any more country than Kenny Rogers? I don't think so no I played Kenny Rogers uh, singing a Bee Gees song but not a Bee Gees hit it was a song that was written by the Bee Gees okay bearing in mind they wrote uh, Islands in the Stream for Kenny yes. Rogers and no, Dolly Parton mm-hmm. same album and the, the phone rang and I answered the phone hello Max A.M. aye you going to play some country music? I said uh, yeah I have been well you're not at the moment I said okay I said uh, so what would be country well anything apart from that standard answer you get (laughs) I said well how about I put some Kenny Rogers on for you then yeah yeah well that would be great it's much better than that what's your name Bob okay thanks Bob Uh, so of course the end of the song comes uh, we'll put that one for Bob that was Kenny Rogers (laughs) Uh, I, and there you go. But I also got what he meant. And it was a poppy song. It yes. wasn't country. And you can't just because uh, somebody says they're going to. It's Kenny Rogers. He he's not necessarily always going to be <laughs> no, country. Clearly, according to Bob, whose Maybe name matches merit me.
0: Merited a phone call to the radio station, well, Bob. <laughs> I know. Okay.
1: I, but people. And we see this more and more with uh, with social media now. People yes. love to complain. Oh my
0: goodness! And see when you were telling me that story, I was just thinking of things the other day. There so someone had put up you know these bed sheets happy 50th Brenda so then someone had put on the local site for this town basically saying eh, the sign's been up for a week I'm sure Brenda's know that chuffed you have tell everybody she's 50 I mean it's been up for a week could you take it down so then whoever had read this and took much kind of dismay to it basically made their own bed sheet and basically had put stop moaning Mandy or whatever her name was <laughs> <laughs> right next to the happy birthday Brenda and I was like genius so the, you're right the joy of social media yeah.
1: everybody's got something to say and <laughs> in the old days we used to you know we used to phone in or you used yeah. to to write in to complain uh-huh. it's no coincidence that programmes like Point of View mm. aren't as prominent as they were phone-ins aren't as popular as yeah. they are, because you've got other places to vent so your spleen. True. You know, you want to complain about your football team, you go onto the fans' forum or mm-hmm. now Facebook, and you can you can vent your spleen yeah. then.
0: I don't think I've ever been that annoyed about anything that I would No, I wouldn't against. imagine. <laughs> wait until you listen to this
1: back, and then we'll, 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 we'll see. I
0: don't know, I just, yeah. like, fair enough, like, if you're, I guess, if the platform's there and you want to moan about something, then you can, but I don't think I've ever been that emphatic about something
1: that yeah, well, I feel the need to complain. We, we put a picture up on the BFBS Scotland Facebook page for Recently, of uh, Gerard Butler, who was at the, had been at the tattoo, and they took oh, his photo you. taken with a couple of the musicians, and uh, I'd put the caption up of uh, Luke who was at the Royal Edinburgh Military Tattoo." It wasn't clickbait because you could quite clearly see who yeah. it was. And five or six people, uh, like, 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 oh, amazing. Uh, somebody put up, uh, do you know, I was sitting in Rose Street and the guy that looked like Gerard Butler walked past me and I thought, no, it couldn't have been. Damn, it was. What? So there was, there was all of that. And then there's always one, uh, there's, maybe two or three, uh, who'd said, who cares? Um uh, <laughs> So... What? So there's two ways to deal with that. One, What's you just the ignore What's them, the or are you go and poke you the beast. Those. Yeah. So we poked the beast a bit and said, "Well, obviously you, you know. yeah." <laughs>
0: you don't like Jerry Butler? Fine. That's that's what people do. That's how you're yeah. a multi-millionaire. <laughs> so, so funny. But for you, I guess collecting all these people hmm. and all these stories over the years must have then lent itself to to helping your career and and you know establishing yourself, but also yeah. like like you're saying, just doing the job not learning it at college, just yeah. actually being in it and meeting the people and having the discussions and the banter and the back and forth and it must just be a total like you're saying, you're always learning
1: Yeah, absolutely and I think, I mean, I- for me, it is that. It's that. Sometimes it's. Uh, I, I've never been driven. I've never been driven by money. That's quite obvious. Uh, I think to Some anyone who knows works me. In
0: the arts. I yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, well,
0: there's this great,
1: great misconception, and it's it's spurred on by your Chris Evans's and your Radio One figures and Radio Two. Mm. Uh, hey, that when it comes out that you know everybody in radio is on a decent wage, mm. and actually the the, the truth is that they're not, and mm-hmm. at community radio level and commercial radio to a degree, it's it's an average wage. And by that, you know, I'm talking um, to, to, for a lot of people, maybe mid-twenties uh, uh, and round about there. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, there's a lot of people earning more than that, but it's never been something, I would love to earn more, by the way, if the boss is listening, <laughs> um, but it's not been something that's ever driven me on. And, no. I, and at the same time, I ended up working on the radio station that I wanted to work on. I, I, I was working Mike Scott, mm-hmm. who had read out the request for me when I was nine years old. I was working next to him. I was covering wow. his shift when he was off, and, and that then becomes surreal, you know. And yeah, you go from a being a, the
0: moment. yeah,
1: and you you go from being the the young lad uh, who's coming in and who's making the mistakes, and you gradually work your way up, and you do that through uh, people trusting you, people mm. being desperate enough to give you the. The, the chance because yeah. it's a big big step to go from overnights to late evenings and that uh, and then on to, to daytime and cover daytime you know so one week you'd be covering the late night shift and then the next you'd be on drive time and okay. you're like okay yeah, well this yeah. is you know people are, and you've got to think what people are doing at that point typically and what they, um what they might be thinking what kind of frame of mind you know if you're listening to the radio okay. late at night there's a pretty good chance that you're either chilling out, mm-hmm. about to fall asleep, or you're working. So there's yes. those if you're listening at five o'clock in the evening, you're probably just jumping in the car. You're probably trying to de-stress slightly. Breakfast, you need a little bit of motivation. Mm. Maybe not as much as somebody like Chris Evans would would give you. I don't want to be shouted at in the morning. Right. Um just 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 in case it ever I comes up, Lisa. I would say it at you. But equally people like must like that because because mm. 'cause he's got you know, he's got his listeners. So it's everyone. Yeah, you're it's doing it's, your everybody thing. to their own. I, yeah. and, I, and I suppose those um, those opportunities then uh, developed, you know, and then it's could you interview so and so because so and so can't do the interview, mm. and you're like, okay. I mm-hmm. uh, and I think that has been. Forget about the money. Uh, the uh, money can't buy opportunities. That right. the the job. And just being, and I would love to tell you that it's because of uh, hard work and skill sometimes um, in life. It's just about being in the right place at the right time. <laughs> you know, if I hadn't been friends with Steve at Radio Four when uh, Wallace Mercer, the chairman, was looking for an announcer at Hearts, I wouldn't have worked for the football team that I supported and been there when they won the Cup for the first yeah, time in my a, lifetime. Like, there's and a degree uh, of that, but yeah.
0: then obviously you are hardworking and you are talented at what you do and you've, you've Honed your craft over the years, so then people have put their trust in you, and you've proven yourself. And I'm either I'm either
1: stubborn, um, (laughs) thick, or just don't give up. You know, I mean, (laughs) the the 15 or so demo tapes that went into Radio 4th it would have been so easy to go. You wanted to do it. It would have been so easy to say no. uh, It's not. It's Mm. not for me. There was a a a line I'll never forget. When I started it, so it was Max. So Radio 4th in 1990 split frequencies. Okay. So suddenly. Uh, which was a dream for me, uh, the, the one job became two jobs. So for every presenter on FM, they needed a presenter on AM. So suddenly they, yeah. th- there was this uh, explosion of opportunities, none of which fell my way. But that didn't stop me uh, knocking on the door. And I was once told uh, that I held freeze over the day that I got on fourth one. Uh, So that was 1990. I got on Max AM, which is now 4th 2, in November 1990, Mm -hmm. uh, and was there through until 1996. Uh, Then went to Scott FM, was there for for four years, then the BBC, Uh, then, uh, keep up because I'll ask questions (laughs) later, Uh, River FM, uh, Kingdom FM, and then Talk 107. And then in 2009, hell froze over uh, when I ended up on 4th 1. So I was told that I sounded too old in 1990 as a 22-year-old on 4th four, on 1. Too and old for what? I, and then at, at uh, nearly 40 at that point, I uh, ended up on 4th 1. So styles change.
0: Benjamin Button
1: Pe- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> People change. Attitudes changed. So uh, change. true. So uh, I, true. And often... You know through my career it has just been it's not just been being in the right place at the right time it's been the right face at the right time mm. people uh you know it, is it cliquey no but people know who they can trust and people know uh, who they can go to yeah. as well and i think you know that's worked for me and equally it's worked against yeah. me as well because somebody comes in that doesn't rate you uh then you know you're 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 be yeah, so yeah. but yeah but you've not been
0: out of a job <laughs> well, they're, they're, for they're, very long well, no, of things.
1: No, I I did end up having to go back I, I suppose leaving school doing what I did, going into radio um, I have quite a wide skill set mm. however um, there was a period when I, I left sc- well, Scotty FM and I was programme controller at QFM through in Paisley so I was driving from Mussovara to Paisley Oof, um, every day I, for about four months and um, I didn't, was made redundant uh, and Thought, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Ended up getting into the BBC as a freelancer, and doing that, but also went back at that point to DJ in pubs and clubs All and right, nightclubs, okay. and that was that was eye opening because suddenly it wasn't records; it was CDs, and it was and going back in slightly older a uh, single at a time. So you know, it, it wasn't the toughest, no. like, but the hours weren't particularly Aye. particularly good. But again, not scared to. To take that step back. Yeah. And I've, yeah. And I've had done. and I've had to do that at radio stations. You know, you work at Radio Scotland, you think that's going to be the biggest station that you're gonna work at. And mm. it probably numbers wise and coverage wise at that time uh it was. But when that goes wrong, so what do you do? Do you just chuck it or do you take a step back? Absolutely. And, uh, and I did, you know. Yeah. So
0: And now you're here. And, and now, now I'm here. Um
1: and BFPS is, is absolutely amazing it's uh, it, I, I'm really really lucky uh, I did the breakfast show here for 10 years okay. which nearly killed me because uh, <laughs> y- young fam- young family yeah, uh, and uh, yeah getting up at half past four in the morning people say Ouch. you get used to it Um, You don't really. I I still wake up at half past four in the morning and go straight back to sleep at 25 to five and then wake up with the alarm like most Uh normal people do. (laughs) Yeah, trying to get up at half past four in the morning, come into work uh, in a room by yourself, you know, other radio stations, there's maybe three or four people milling around. Mm. But here at BFBS, you, you are flying solo. It's a unique community that you're broadcasting uh, four, but not necessarily two, because anybody can pick up PFBs and mm. uh, Garrison Radio before that. And yeah, so uh, so did you
0: have a link to the military at no, all? No, or, no? no? I, I
1: come in as a as a radio guy who, again, was uh, at that point in the wrong place at the, the right time, <laughs> and uh, it was was given the chance. And I, I mean, again. It, here every day is a school day you know, the acronyms the military love their acronyms when I started it was Garrison Radio Garrison Radio was Army, that was a steep enough learning curve, then you become BFBS which is Mm Tri-Service you've got the rank structure to remember you've got um, but my get out of jail card Mm -hmm. has always been I can ask the daft laddie questions. As you're finding yes. out, I can also give the daft laddie answers. <laughs> but most of the time, I assume that the people that we're, we're broadcasting to come out from more or less the same position as me. Because yeah. otherwise, you're being really, really arrogant. If you assume that everybody knows of what you do and vice versa, then yeah. that doesn't necessarily... Yes, yeah, so
0: there's a way to approach it yeah. so that you just... So yeah. let,
1: let's ask the questions. Yeah. And, and it's, if it's a question that you think, you know, well, maybe that's daft maybe it is that yeah because even like
0: with the dance trip going into kind of military events that was just like you know was every day's a school day and still is like the lingo and how things work and totally oblivious to that world yeah you know and and absolutely fascinated by it and still to this day hear things and see things and i'm like wow this is like another world but then knowing what you do and i've met you and seen you at work i'm like i just thought you were like an absolute military expert but you've obviously just a, a I bullshit. Don't. Are we allowed
1: to say that on the podcast? <laughs> uh, no, no, I, um, not not a bluffer. But if you don't know, don't talk about it. Yeah. And if you do know, if if you don't know, get the person that does know mm. to talk about it. Yeah. So it is. you the right it, questions. You know, well, the question is, tell me about. You know, mm-hmm. and because that's what you yeah, want. Yeah, well, it's this
0: podcast. I, I don't claim to know anything. That's why I'm asking the questions. <laughs> that's why I'm well, you're not going
1: to learn much here. <laughs> uh, but, but, um, and I saw something recently, and it's uh, such a good point, and it's something uh, that I've been guilty of in the past for sure, but uh, try not to do now. And that is, you ask a question, and the question is so long and has so much detail in it that there's actually nothing left to answer. And you'll hear it, you know, you you, you hear it at every level mm. of broadcasting, you know. So tell me about such and such and such and such and how this happened and why. And then when such and such, how did you feel? What was the question? <laughs> what, what, what was the question, uh-huh. you know? So... <laughs> (laughs) Try and keep keep the the questions And I think with social media we're going that way as well Mm -hmm. You know you think about Twitter Where you've only got what 140 characters uh, characters A video of just over 2 minutes You scroll through your phone so quickly These days that unless it's something That's going to grab your attention You flick through the radio You go through music Now we don't absorb music the same way as we Mm. used to discovering new albums is probably pretty rare because I think we're all pretty lazy we've got so much I choice know. coming so at us we're, we're almost told what to listen to mm-hmm. by a lot of people that know a lot of things I know I'm actually but, amazed that
0: the people have found the podcast because there's that much choice
1: well I don't know that they have
0: <laughs> well I can tell you
1: I <laughs> don't think they've like... listened this far
0: <laughs> <laughs> wait till this goes out yeah. blow blow up the numbers <laughs> but um, I so I mean I'm not putting this out to gain X amount of followers or no. whatever, I'm doing this because I genuinely am enjoying it and I love leathering and hearing other people's stories But that's, that's the secret of life that's, yeah, yeah that's so. And I think there is less, you know, eye to eye converse and having a, a chat in yeah. the world than it? it's all Twitter and social media and that's great and I use it and I love it but there's nothing better than having a right
1: uh, be <laughs> And r- what we're doing here is actually the secret of, of radio. Don't tell anyone, otherwise the secret's out. But the secret is we're speaking one-to-one, right? Now, there might be people listening, there might not. There mm-hmm. might be hundreds on um, thousands and millions <laughs> listening. But ultimately, I'm speaking to you and you're speaking to me. Uh, now, if you're not there... Um, <laughs> Bizarrely, I'm still picked. This because I'm weirdly. So go with me. I'm still picturing you or somebody uh-huh. now uh, there because mm. I'm almost. I'm only broadcasting to one person. You in in radio, you don't broadcast. You might broadcast to thousands. You might broadcast to millions. Um, and. Terry Wogan, who also worked in the bank, by the way, before going into radio, and there our similarity ends. But he was very talented. But he always made the point of it is to that, you speak to that individual, you know, you're only ever broadcasting to one person Mm. at a time. You think about uh, TV where it is a mass thing. On TV they say, welcome back, or join us after the, you know, come, you know, whereas in radio, you're not going anywhere. You Hopefully, you're going to sit and you're going to listen to the to the to the commercials if mm. commercials are there or whatever. Um, it's a completely different mindset and a different, completely different way that it's consumed. Absolutely. Uh, and then you chuck social media into the mix, and we're all fussed. You know, I don't care what anybody says. When you put those pictures up and it gets three people liking it, <laughs> and you put another one up that's not as good and three thousand people like it, you go, <laughs> but, why? but why? You know.
0: So true. Yeah. So true, and. I guess you then are out and about. So you're saying you know it's quite a solitary existence here at BFPS, you're, you're here yourself, but then you yeah. do get the opportunity to get out
1: and about. So and uh, so I came off uh, I came off breakfast, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, and I'll forever be thankful to BFPS for this because genuinely I would have been looking for a different job okay. uh, because um, I was finding breakfast uh, and that life work balance. You know I've got a son who's got severe special needs, so he didn't sleep. Uh, and still doesn't sleep very much mm-hmm. at night, and uh, I've got a daughter as well. So two kids under the age of ten, getting up at a past four in the morning on very little sleep, uh, coming in yeah. here trying to do uh, tr- and trying being the word uh, an engaging breakfast show, mm-hmm. and then do interviews and then do, do you, the rest you're, you're of it you're as a well. Performer. Well, you're you you, a you have every to time. you have to switch on yeah. and you have to you know and do it. And BFBS were good enough to say, well, tell you what, uh, we'll keep you on. You go on to afternoons and we'll get somebody else in. So, Jim Gellatly uh, now does our breakfast mm. show. I think I've heard Jim moan never actually about getting up at half past four in the morning. Go. So, some people were made for it and some um, haven't. <laughs> and I've done, I've done my time. <laughs> um, but back to your point about know, out and about, and the, the great thing about this job is meeting people. Mm. You know, and that was how we, you know, we met. Yeah. And it's a chat. Now, believe it or not, this is much more intimidating for me than than you can understand because I'm sitting on this side of the microphone. Okay, I'm talking about my chosen specialist <laughs> subject of me. No, um, <laughs> it's your mastermind subject. <laughs> uh, but the the amount of people that I interview who go, well, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still have a few people that it sends the fear of God into. Of course. But the rule is, we're never going to ask you someone you don't know the answer to. You know, we're not out. We're not out to stitch you up. So, no. you know, the guys in the military are always scared they're going to say something that they, they shouldn't, especially further down the ranks where yeah. they might get where they think they might. Um, and my point, to you, regardless of what rank it is, if we if we put you in a position where we are asking you something that you don't like and you and you don't enjoy it, then you're not going to come back and do it again. But not only are you you're not going to come back and do it again. Your mate's not going to come back and so do it again. True. And if you're at the top of the tree, then the guys under you aren't going to come back and do it again. Yeah. So it's your best interest you, to
0: make this a pleasurable yeah. experience.
1: We're not going to give you an easy ride. If we've got <laughs> if we've got a story to get out of you, we'll get that yeah, story yeah. out of you. And those stories here go from you know the the lightest of light to the absolute darkest of dark. Yeah. And as a presenter or interviewer, uh, those uh, come. At, Unequal, you know, you get as much satisfaction, as much reward of out of them. I, mm. I, I, you know, I wouldn't say I enjoy doing the dark, dark interviews, but sometimes, you know, you've got to to be able to raise profile and raise Absolutely, awareness, yeah. and uh, and that, you know, that's mm. what it's about. Uh, the characters that you meet here are phenomenal, <laughs> you know. um
0: It sounds like the best job in the world, and I'm sure every day there is a highlight to take away, something that you're grateful for. But if you were to pick out a few kind of highlight moments throughout
1: your career if I can sit back I was going to say when I'm old if I can sit back when I'm older uh, and still get out of the chair at the end (laughs) that'll be fine Um, and think what I've done I think I've been pretty lucky and I've been able to be quite diverse with Mm -hmm. what I've done Um, my job has meant that I've met most of my heroes or okay. spoken to them. So so I grew up watching Kenny Dalglish play for Liverpool. I watched Starsky and Hutch on the TV, Sean Connery movies, um, listening to Elton John and David Bowie, um uh, songs and through my career I've been able in one way or another to meet all of them and do the interviews. Wow. Uh, one of the first big interviews I did at radio and I I hate this bit because there's no way of doing this without sounding big headed. And oh, I, I, just picked the up off the I, floor. It's fine. Yeah, but, it's, but that <laughs> it's not me. Back. It's not me. And I know I, it's not. actually, and one of my jumping subjects. Very. Really. Mm. If I could go back and speak to my younger self now, and maybe I've stolen one of your questions you from later on. You genuinely have. <laughs> you
0: actually <laughs>
1: Do you want to have. keep that then? We <laughs> no, no, that come back. I love
0: it. My, I love how you, you think. How my you advice. Think.
1: My advice to myself yes. would be. Try and take that step forward the next time somebody, before somebody says, Mark, could you? Put yourself more into the fire line. Make yourself more, uh, don't hold back on what you can do and how you can do it, uh, because Again, there's a great expression, shy kids get any sweets. (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: And I was the shyest kid in my family, let alone my class, let alone my school. Uh, And I don't think any of my schoolmates could have ever imagined (laughs) that I'm doing what I'm doing now. You know, I used to come out in palpitations when we used to do reading out loud in third and fourth year as it was being passed. That's so true,
0: that was me too. I could
1: feel the sweat and and now... Um, you know, you can give me a script, and I'll I'll have a go at it, and I'll hopefully do it with a bit of confidence uh, as well.
0: Hi, but you were you were never in it for the fame and the fortune. No, no was no, no, like no. You wanted to be no. this famous, like front and centre. Which,
1: which is just as well because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that,
0: it wasn't. It was for the, the joy of doing it of course and it being in the mix
1: yeah. but there are perks so mm. um, could you go down to London so I was what 23 could you fly down to London and interview the Bee Gees in their hotel room uh, <laughs> in in London we need a Christmas special I know it's almost September don't tell them it's a Christmas special <laughs> ask them about their new album and uh, do all that so there I am wow. sitting with all three of the Bee Gees Goodness. in this, at this hotel room and uh, you know nice interview we got mm-hmm. the Christmas special uh, so that was one of them and there's a, there's a few notable ones I, I went through a period when I worked at Scott FM where I presented a, a showbiz and celebrity programme now the joy of that in the late 90s was that most of the guests came in so I um, interviewed all seven of S Club 7 at the same time before they were, they were big interviewed <laughs> West Side. Uh, who went on to become West Life they had to change wow. their name oh, right. but, but okay. um, because there's an American group called ah, West Side. Right. Uh, so West Didn't life so we uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if it ever comes up on Who Wants to be a Millionaire <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> gonna be
0: the in, that's, a, that's, a, uh, fiver, right?
1: Uh, Justin Curry of Delamitri... The, the special thing about that was he was performing at Abbey Road doing a, in a session I, there, so I, was, I flew down to um, London Abbey Road and we were sitting on the steps of Studio 2, which is the Beatles studio, doing this interview which was turned into a, a, an hour long, spe- and you are pinching yourself, but life has a way of keeping you grounded. So I sat mm-hmm. with Justin Curry, and we did did about an hour. A really good chat. Covered everything from you know how he started to the the, the big songs to that Scotland World Cup song. Uh, we got on brilliantly. Shook hands. He walked off uh, to the left. I walked off to the right. Uh, an hour later, we walked past each other in the corridor. I went, "You okay?" straight past me, complete black. <laughs>
0: got it. So, but
1: I've got one of those faces, Lisa, you know, some people have character about them where they'll, they'll no, stand out, stand out in a room. Uh, hey, and again, it comes back to that jumping up and down going, hi, uh, yeah, you you, who's it the it old gray guy? I <laughs> So, yeah, um, David Bowie was a phone interview in wow. 1999. Yes. He, wore, he had new material out and he was talking about this new thing that he was so into that thought he was going to be huge. And it turned out he was talking about the internet. And look what happened to that. So, wow. we go back, I go back to that point, you know, and he was visionary in that case. He says, Can you imagine? We ought to sit and pick any song and play it. So you could be um, here or there. you know. Roger Taylor from Queen was another one. And I found the interview recently. And I don't listen to them a lot, but it's nice sometimes just to dip back and go, God, I, wish. Um, <laughs> I And that was my questions of my enthusiasm, perhaps. But he, again, talked about, you know, I did this gig and it was on the internet. And we're like, OK, well, tell us a wee bit more. Said, well, basically, I was in, I was in um, a studio in London and they were watching me. In Brazil, uh, now we get we take this for granted know, now, so you know. True, so and technology true. has yeah. has made it easier and difficult, yeah. more difficult in so many ways. But as a um,
0: massive music fan, you must just be in those moments going, "This is nuts!" Th- this is this is
1: nuts. <laughs> James Taylor, huge James Taylor fan. Uh, got massive to massive James yeah, Taylor fan. A lot of You've these interviews, I've I, not met, but I've spoken to him. Spoke to him <laughs> for, yeah. for for half an I hour. I saw him
0: for the first time this year. Did
1: you? Uh, yeah, uh, just so many amazing oh, songs. I've seen them, I've been cool. lucky enough to see them a few times. Yeah. So with uh, with some of the, the the guests, and I suppose there's a different skill set comes in. It's different speaking to somebody face to face, and somebody down the line. Yeah. So, and uh, a lot of those cases, they would sit in a studio uh, in London. They would do maybe a dozen interviews. Yeah. Now, if you're interview, if, you, if you're number one, then that's okay. But you really want to be. Mm-hmm. Number two or number three, because yeah, they've warmed up a wee bit but they're not going stale. I always say it's like, you know when you go on holiday and you come back and the first person says, so say how was the holiday? And you go, well, the flight was was great. It was a bit bumpy and we we, uh, we touched down and we had to wait for ages for our baggage. And then the first night, you know, we went out and we found this lovely little tapas bar and we went in and we ordered such and such and that and that and that. <laughs> and we had the, uh, you know, it wasn't the most expensive. It was the second most expensive wine on the, list on the, as a real treat the second person says, mm-hmm. "Lisa, how was the holiday? I was fine." Um, <laughs> and, and that's yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, it's, it's, like kind of, can, can,
0: yeah it's kind,
1: kind of where really, you yes. You lose a bit of enthusiasm. Right, um, so you don't want
0: to be. Number one, we don't want to be number twelve. The, <laughs> in the there's,
1: day. there's been some, you know, some some great connections uh, and some uh, bloody awful ones. <laughs> I can um, imagine G- G- Jimmy Neil, for example. Uh, Jimmy Neil went down in uh, in Scott FM history. Okay, uh, he was being interviewed by one of my colleagues uh, live on ISDN, and it was uh, it was a disaster. Um, he was there to talk about his new film. It was the one that had Billy Connolly, and I think still, still crazy it was called. Yes. And the interview didn't go well. Uh, I was just a bystander. And okay. w- I'm watched it. Uh, so imagine my delight on the uh, uh, th- about three weeks later, as I'm um, just checking the diary on my way out on the Friday night to see what was coming up on Monday morning, and there's uh, Mark McKenzie, uh, Jimmy Nail, ISDN, ten thirty. Oh, well, anyway. <laughs> brilliant uh, So, listen to his album Tap Holes in the Jar, I still remember the name of it If not the songs And mm. um, it was okay, it was alright So, interview scheduled for half past ten At half past nine We get a phone call from the record company To say, um, Jimmy's running a bit early Now, why do you think That might be, bearing in mind that the earlier interview With him, uh, instead of lasting 20 minutes him off. Uh, Or he had bumped him just. <laughs> They've just gone through <laughs> oh, really, no, really quickly. God, so, <laughs> so again, this is on ISDN. He's doing the, he, and he's worked his way through so many. Uh, he's just giving them really short answers, okay. up, uh, and and that's it. So I hit record, and I I just started chatting to him. I hadn't started the album. I said uh, I hadn't started the interview. Mm. Uh, I said, so how is your how is your weekend? I'm just setting up here. How is your weekend? Uh, yeah, fine. God, I'm okay. Uh, I said, I see your team won at the weekend. Betty's he's a big Newcastle mm-hmm. fan. And that was us. 20 minutes later, we're still talking about But I'm conscious that we've not mentioned Tadpoles in the jar. <laughs> but we've talked about how Rangers and Celtic and Hearts and Hibs would do in England. Okay. And how Newcastle would do <laughs> in Scotland. And everything else you could possibly you got imagine.
0: Them. You got
1: them. And uh, then stealth kicked her. I said I suppose I better ask you about the album then because there'll be people pulling their hair out here um, so we got you know we got three or four minutes about <laughs> I, could the, about, I could play that with them um, <laughs> and it was just you know and then the, the one for me that went pear shape and I can claim to have fallen out with Natalie Embroia live on the radio wow. and it still goes down as one of my uh, embarrassing moments it was um, because you're, you're live I was covered in a show for somebody else it was Scott FM we had a few problems connecting the ISDN, so I kept playing uh, Natalie Imbruglia songs. but This, by the way, was a she was bringing a big mistake. Okay. So it was only this second or third song that mm. she she'd done, uh, and we can now go to that. Uh, no, it was another problem with the ISDN. Eventually, it connects. Brilliant. Now I had a big crush on Natalie mm-hmm. Imbruglia. I think. Most, yeah, with a pulse, a had, had a, had a pulse, memory. yeah. Torn yeah. had been a great song, yes. and I, and we started off and I said, you know, it's really good to speak yeah. to you. I said, isn't it, isn't it brilliant after, uh, you know, about a year um, that now everybody can pronounce your name, because let's be honest, I'm sure that you've heard every pronunciation <laughs> of it. Uh, in Scotland, I think we were calling you Natalie Um and we got a laugh at the right place, uh-huh. and that was all. Uh, and then I said, uh, so your new, your new single, uh, big mistake, it's uh, quite Alanis Morissette in its, in it's feel and it was, and it was mm-hmm. quite, quite rocky oh, do you think so, came the reply oh, dear and dear. I did the face that you've just painted which for anyone that can't <laughs> see Lisa was one of, oh, what have I done <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, I'm
0: like, if you've been yeah. you know, likened to Alanis Morissette that is not a bad thing, well and
1: that's what was going through my head so I'm thinking, I'm, I'm half thinking she's joking I said uh, I said no, I said but you know, obviously, she said, "Well, no, it's um, it's like me uh, comparing you to my next door neighbour. I said, "Well, is your next door neighbour tall, dark and handsome?" Now I have no idea where that line came from, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she said, "You know, you're not getting the point." I said, uh, "Okay." I said, "Well, it's a bit more rocky, is what I'm what I'm trying to say." Was that a deliberate? So we chatted for a couple more minutes, uh-huh. and I said, "Well, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, let's play this song now, uh, Natalie. Thanks very much." silence. Everybody, Ouch. by the way, was looking at the computer to see if it was still going. Did you see that there when we did the silence <laughs> thing? Um, the power of radio. <laughs> complete silence. So I'm now left in a studio going, oh my goodness. Okay, uh, wow. so what's happened? So I said, uh, Natalie, uh, no, no, she's gone. Uh, anyway, here's a new song, Big Mistake. <laughs> 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 and that was it. You know, you beat yourself up about it and then Two weeks later, there was a story in the news Z- uh, from New Zealand okay. that popped up saying that Natalie Imbrouille had stormed out of a radio studio after somebody had said, your new song sounds a bit like Alanis Morissette. And I thought, well, so it wasn't just me then. Uh, yeah. In fairness to her and in fairness to me, I didn't mm. know that the, the, um, Torn, I knew it was a cover version, I didn't know it was as similar uh, and at the time of Torn being released, she'd been accused of... Um, not plagiarism, but copying oh, okay. I suppose it's the same mm. thing or, or imitating this right. so of course I've so done she's the wh- like,
0: I think you're accusing me
1: of I, I've done the worst thing, I've, I've now said well you sound like Alanis Morissette which was meant, I, I didn't say that I said it sounds very Alanis mm. Morissette which is, you know you it's sound a compliment, very, it's a compliment. <laughs> please take it that way So, yes, as not- a
0: massive Alanis fan that's <laughs> a massive compliment yeah, yeah. so we've
1: not <laughs> spoken since ouch yeah, let's well, yeah, loss. Did,
0: oh, uh, by the way, <laughs> it is, it is indeed.
1: But um, yeah, other other ones that stand out. Um, we uh, so Robert Palmer. I remember interviewing uh-huh. Robert Palmer. Uh, he was in a radio studio in France. Uh, uh, the reason his stands out was because every answer was punctuated and you think well he's finished that fact now so <laughs> I can now ask him a question and away again and he was clearly just chain smoking his way through these so through these so I the then went. Was
0: in France, no. I, I
1: went to edit this interview because in its form it was almost unbroadcasted. I mean, it's fine if you can see what's going on, yes. but because you were just so hearing I'm this,
0: surprised.
1: are you hyperventilating? Oh no, you're 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 smoking, right? <laughs> so the interview, which was probably about ten minutes, by the time I'd taken out all the. Sh- it was about three and a half minutes, <laughs> but I know that um, "Addicted to Love" was enough to pay for his uh, his driveway at the time when his uh, I house in Switzerland. I... So,
0: <laughs> and not the fags. <laughs> no, the fags. Jeez. Uh, um, so yeah, you yeah, must have like filing cabinets of memories <laughs> and is yeah. Like
1: uh, Sean Connery as well. I think every Scot wants to meet yes, Sean Connery. Absolutely. And this was the right place at the right time. Quickly followed by the wrong place at the wrong time okay. uh, so it was a premiere of Entrapment mm-hmm. uh, which starred Michael Douglas and Sean, no sorry, starred Catherine Zeta-Jones
0: but mm-hmm. Michael Douglas
1: does feature in the story okay. and Sean Connery mm-hmm. and Catherine Zeta-Jones and Michael Douglas had just started dating at that point, this was the first time they'd been seen together right, so yeah. we're lining up in the audience, as it was in Edinburgh and you've got your uh, national TV at the front mm-hmm. and then further along the red carpet Uh, your uh, local TV and then there was the uh, national radio, national press and then me, local radio, right at the end, that I know my place (laughs) I I, I see Catherine Zeta-John working her way along towards us, Sean Connery being maybe slightly shorter with his answers Mm -hmm. at which point Michael Douglas walks in and walks straight past everybody because he wasn't in the movie, he was only there to accompany him, so he's done that and uh, a couple of people were shouting and I shouted, uh, Michael! And he looked round, realized he didn't know me, <laughs> and continued to, to to walk on. But I got that look from him, I said, who, who are, they? are you? So I see Sean Connery and Catherine Zeta-Jones getting closer and closer and closer to us. Catherine Zeta-Jones then stops right one along from me mm-hmm. with a tabloid journalist, who st- and now Sean Connery's is right behind her as well. Now at, at this point she could have been anybody in the world. I didn't care. I wanted to speak to Sean Connery. Oh, yes. Right. Catherine Zeta-Jones is then asked by a journalist, um, "What do your parents think about the age difference between you and?" And that's exactly the face she pulled. For anyone that can't see this, <laughs> so pulled the pulled the face you'd expect. Right. <laughs> if it was a bit
0: of an outfit or she, a bit the age difference. She, rolled, the to she do.
1: rolled her eyes and she walked off. Sean Connery got to the same point and went, I'm I'm away for a pee. Now, had he said, because he was obviously sick of the question yes, that should be been asked uh-huh. as well, and he walked past and said, can I just get, I, I'm away for a pee. If he'd said, I'm off for a pish, it would have sounded brilliant in the Sean Connery accent, but yes. he didn't, I'm away for a pee. But, uh, and of course, he never came back. So... Sean Connery and I have spoken I yes. know where he was going and <laughs>
0: that's your, that, 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 your story that, that,
1: that's my that, that's my claim to fame so so near yet so far
0: it can, I guess it can be quite difficult though in that kind of scenario when you are seeing these celebs who have just been bombarded yeah. with n- nonsensical questions that you're trying to go I'm going to, I'm going to ask you something really good that, just yeah. stop it's so nice about the movie
1: <laughs> yeah everyone has their everyone has their job to do mm. but I think you've got to respect other people uh, Absolutely. as well
0: yeah, yeah. You know,
1: and the sensational side of it isn't one that uh, that that we need to go down. No, I don't I no. don't think. But on the so so the um, celeb side of it is brilliant, and of it's a, and it and it's a huge perk. Um, one, of my, one of my favourite things wasn't a celeb but I, as a kid my dad loved Buddy Holly music yes. um, Buddy Holly died in 1959 so long before I was even even thought of mm. but uh, knew a lot of his songs and the, the musical Buddy was at the Edinburgh Playhouse we'd done a couple of interviews with the cast and I'd said to them why don't you you should come in we'll do an interview live on the programme after your show one night and they said oh, we'll bring your instruments so so they did and uh, the cast of buddy sat one of the, the drummer playing the yellow pages and um, the other guy the, the guy that was playing buddy sat across the desk uh, playing his guitar we took phone calls on air mm. from people that had memories of buddy holly oh, including somebody that had met his mum uh, and these guys sat and sang really authentically uh, the songs of Amazing. buddy holly you know Joan Baez coming into the studio and singing and asking me if I wanted to sing backing vocals on the night they drove old Dixie down. I did, but I didn't. (laughs) uh, Because... Tone deaf, um, but me pointing out to her that the press release uh, that had been sent didn't say ring them bells, it actually said ring them balls. Um, so we had a good laugh about that, and then she signed the the CD, uh, continue to ring them balls, you know. So, uh, so, so nice, nice, so many memories
0: to to cherish,
1: making Lulu cry. Um, in a, in a nice way, it was the first Good. time she'd been back in Scotland since her dad had died, oh, and see. we were talking about that. But we got mm. a really, a really nice interview with her uh, as well. Uh, and again, it's not about the emotion; it's not about trying to, to. And I know a lot of people in this job maybe want that, they want yeah. to draw on that emotion. That's not, not, it's not what it's not, what, not no. what we're about. Yeah. You know, it's,
0: just an authentic
1: well, it's conversation getting, getting, and just getting the stories. Yeah. Know? As I say, this, the the celeb thing is nice, but here actually getting the real stories as mm. well. Um, and speaking to the guys um, when they were out in Afghanistan, for example. So we do weekly link-ups with these guys. Uh, and you could hear them at the other end of the phone going, no, nah, I'm not speaking to them, no, nah, no. Nah. Mark from BFB, no, nah, no. Nah. These guys would have rather gone toe-to-toe with the Taliban than speak don't to me speak to on the you. radio. <laughs> um, and I don't think it was anything personal, I just don't think they wanted to, to, Aye, to uh-huh. tell the story. Yeah, yeah. You know? But we hear we hear some completely inspirational stories imagine. we hear some really tragic stories and I've uh, been really lucky to meet um, a lot of the guys and uh, spend some time with them so one of the nicest oh, one of the nicest is uh, there's no there's no nice thing about it apart from the I suppose the ultimate payoff mm. um we do a thing called storybook soldiers where uh, the soldiers before they deploy uh, can come in and read a bedtime story for the kids um, Wow. And that's a really, really lovely thing, right? So I've sat in here with Fijians, six foot four, they built as wide as you like, reading me the Gruffalo. And it is a a moment where you have to just try not to laugh because (laughs) it is beyond beyond surreal. (laughs) Uh, We got a phone call late one day to say my husband's about to deploy to Afghanistan, could he come in and record a storybook soldier, um, but he can only come in on Monday afternoon, I thought, oh, doing breakfast, I normally try and finish around right about two, he can only come in at four, so I, I said, tell you what, I'll, I'll make it happen, so he came in and recorded it, um, really good guy, and he went off to Afghanistan, didn't come back, uh, He his son was born uh, a month after he died in Afghanistan, was killed in Afghanistan. Uh, And one of the only things that his son has is this um, uh, story of his dad reading him the thing. Uh, And uh, just to develop that story, the the wife uh, phoned me recently Mm -hmm. in an absolute panic saying, I've lost the CD. I've sold the car and it's still in the CD. Oh my
0: goodness.
1: He didn't have a copy of it. Uh, and we changed from Garrison Radio to BFBS at that point, I didn't think we did uh, and we did, I spent an afternoon searching mm-hmm. every, searching under everything I could possibly to find it and eventually Storybook Soldiers who uh, we facilitate for came back and said we've, we've got oh, it at which point she phoned to say Mark have found it um, it was in another box okay. I said well the next thing that you're going to do is you're going to jump in the car you're going to bring that CD here yes. and we're going to burn it and we're going to stick wow. it on a uh, line for you as well yeah. so so you've got it there Goodness. but in searching for that I also found a couple of weather interviews that I'd done with them too so I was able to give them oh, that lovely. so out of every moment of crisis there comes um, yeah. something nice it's, But
0: it's moments like that for you you just must be like there's no other job in the world like it
1: There's, there's not there's not. No, it's uh, very special yeah, indeed.
0: Absolutely. We are now moving on to the thingamabobs. of bobs. Oh, are you ready? You've cool. already answered some, already. You're <laughs> on the ball. You're such a pro. Oh, such a pleather, what, what is your go-to movie if you need to cheer him up?
1: Uh, I, w- I want to say Shawshank Redemption just because it's such a good feel-good <laughs> yeah. film. Um, but yeah, probably. Although I Jungle Book I, and I've I've had the you know the best job in the world isn't radio; it's being a dad, Yay. Uh, and uh, bring <laughs> it. It, uh, watching my daughter discover the Jungle Book as I had all those years ago is is, is is really good. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's great choices. Love it. What's the first thing you notice about someone when you meet them?
1: I I think it's probably uh, their their confidence or lack of, or I think I'm pretty good, uh, and how engaged they want mm-hmm. to be. I right, as well. I mean, we've all we've all met people, maybe not for the first time or second time, but you know that you're having a conversation with them in a room, but they're busy looking to see if there's somebody more interesting. <laughs> maybe that's just me that happens no, to no, no, uh, no. you know. They're always <laughs> looking to see who else. But yeah, I think that's the uh, the first thing I mm. notice is uh, the, and for guys in particular, the handshake. You know, is it uh-huh. a, is it a a funny handshake? Is it a light handshake? Is it a firm handshake? <laughs> is it yeah?
0: Fair enough. Um, where do you not mind waiting?
1: Um No, I'm really impatient. I, 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 yeah. I'm moody and I'm very impatient. No, no I <laughs> don't believe you. Don't believe no, me I am I, I am genuinely uh, very, very impatient. Yeah. I can't think of anywhere that I would think this isn't no. <laughs> no. Somebody was still. Uh, I'm I'll, glad there wasn't time then. I'll, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I want to take the kids to, to Florida there's a lot of logistical challenges because of my son but we want to go to Disney Okay. Uh, and somebody was in earlier on and they were talking about having been to Disney recently and uh, queuing for an hour and a half for each yeah. ride and I thought, yeah, yeah that's fine, I'm not that fast about going um,
0: Disney can wait yeah, yeah. <laughs> no I am
1: I, I'm not late I, I'm always early rather than late where mm-hmm. I, where I have control over it my wife on the other hand uh, so w- you know when we're going somewhere together that can be a bit of a challenge okay um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but if I can get there as close to something starting then mm-hmm. I won't burst in last minute. No but um no
0: you're not gonna no. be super early. This is a totally random one, but just because I think you've met so many people, who has awesome hair?
1: Oh, um, easy one. Um, David Coverdale. Oh! White Snake. Yes. Um, He is the only man I've interviewed uh, who wore sunglasses in a radio studio all the way through the interview. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Lulu, uh, as well. Lulu absolutely blew me away. We were talking earlier on about mm. reducing her to tears, but what she also proved was she's the most photogenic and most natural person. Right. Lulu gets a lot of I think a lot of stick, unf- yeah. unfortunately, from yeah. a lot of Scots who say, oh, she's fake, you know, uh-huh. she would, look how her accent changes. Well, watch John Barrowman and how his accent changes, and watch anyone with a musical ear when they're moving from one accent yeah, or, or one million. area to another, mm. you know. You, you, I think it's because you go with where you are. Yeah. Okay. Maybe she's slightly more uh, exaggerated than you would expect her Fair to enough. be. But no, she was. She she was absolutely stunning. Mm. Uh, and nicer. To nicer
0: too.
1: Was I meant to say you? Sorry.
0: Never. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've got awesome hair. That's fine. <laughs> um, what does the world need more of?
1: Love. It sounds like it sounds, no, no, sounds like I it needs more love, um, more disabled uh facilities. So here, here. um my my son Murray is uh, ten years old. He is a a very unique um Chromosome Disorder, he's uh, the last we checked, he was one of 15 in the world with the disorder Uh, and and we've spoken to some of the parents of the other 14 Mm -hmm. uh, and they don't have the same traits as Murray, so Murray can't talk and he can't walk Uh, he has the best smile in the world Mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah, he's an he, amazing wee boy. Uh, but what frustrates me most is, you know, he's he's double incontinent. That doesn't frustrate me. Um, but where do you start changing? Yeah, uh, you know, the, 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 the facilities that we have are really, really substandard. We, uh, you know, yes, it's disabled toilets. Uh, will you try changing someone who can't stand or can't sit... Upright uh, in a disabled toilet with a wheelchair, you know? know, and we've had experiences of going to the cinema and having to change them in the staff room. Now, no, where's where, you know, where's the, where's the dignity in yeah, that? So, um, light-hearted answer is yes, we need more love. That's a genuine answer, but definitely mm. more, more awareness and more facilities absolutely. for uh, for for disabled mm. uh, and and the families as yeah, well. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And my last question to you make it a good one it's, it's, every, it's every last question in every podcast episode that I've ever done
1: so I sh- you shouldn't even need to ask me this I should know because I should have listened to them all go <laughs> ask me just anyway just to out, check right.
0: <laughs> what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase?
1: Uh, drich I think is uh, is my favourite Scottish word because mm. I think like a lot of Scottish words it does exactly what it says on the tin work with an awful lot of um uh, English people, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but you can bamboozle them and we have a Scottish word of the day because there's so many of them, okay. but we have more words for the weather yeah. than anybody else And mm. Riech
0: It sums has, up perfectly doesn't it? for about 99% of it's the time, time. <laughs> Well listen Mark thank you so much for doing this no, thank you. I'm absolutely delighted that you said yes and you've found a pocket of time to fit me in because I know how busy you are It's all and, good um, I wish you all the best Good luck with editing that by the way There's no editing required (laughs) No editing required And on that (laughs) note I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Brawn The Brave A podcast about people and their passions Join us next time for more insight and inspiration From my wonderful guests Bye for now